The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. To connect with Empirical Investing Radio, please call 1-866-472-5790. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith. Certified Financial Planner and CEO of Empirical Wealth Management here in Seattle. This show is designed to share with you prudent investment and financial planning advice to help you make a lifetime of smarter financial decisions. I'm sitting next to my co-host, Ethan Broca. Good afternoon, Ethan. Hey, Ken. Hey, Ethan. I'm very excited. Today we are going to talk. I'm going to interview you a little about the Retirement Advantage uh, five secrets to a successful retirement that you have put together to help our listeners and our clients and the public make some critical decisions during uh, retirement that can have a huge impact on the difference in their financial experience over their retirement period. Is that correct? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I thought we'd... Uh Kind of dive into this topic uh, a little deeper today than we have in the past. We know we've mentioned it in, in, in past radio shows, but uh, I thought we'd spend the full the full show on this particular topic today and kind of cover a lot of material. I think would be very useful for a lot of folks entering retirement. I agree. I'm not to diminish the market volatility, um, post selection market volatility, but uh, as we talk about frequently, um, the day to day market movements really should be a very small part of you know, your longer term strategy. Um, so just a word on that, it would be to, to stay focused on your longer term objectives and, uh, we will get through, you know, the, the current news cycle and the current right. issues that we're dealing with. And, uh, in our last several shows and last several letters, we've covered market valuations and things like that. Mm-hmm. So before you get started, Ethan, why don't you give out our contact information? Sure. I'd love and, to. Uh, I'll tell everyone a, bit, a little bit of how, how we might be able to help. Okay, sounds good. Um, you know, if you'd like to, I guess we could entertain calls today too, as, as well as emails. Um, if you'd like to join the show, you can reach us at 866-472-5790, or you can reach us at contact at empiradio.com. And uh, if you're an individual investor out there, perhaps you're getting ready to retire yourself and would like a, um, an objective evaluation of where you are uh, relative to where you want to be in retirement, uh, we'd love to speak with you. And for that, you can give us a call in the Empirical Tower at uh, beautiful downtown Seattle at 206-923-3474, and feel free to ask for Ken or Ethan. So with that, I thought we'd, we'd, we'd kind of dive into the, the heart of our subject today, Ken. Okay. So first, let's start, uh, Ethan, with you know 
who is this good for? And uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit of how you started working on this idea of a retirement, five secrets to retirement success. Yeah, well, you know, I, I came across, uh, I, I realized that working with folks over the last many years, I've been doing this, uh, been in the business anyway since 1998 and been working with Empirical uh, since 2003. And I have a master's degree in financial planning and I'm also a certified financial planner. So a lot of what we do is engage with clients, not just on their portfolio, and we do an excellent job of that. In fact, that's how we, we usually connect with most of our clients is because of our investment expertise. Um, but those folks, once they begin to work with us, they realize, hey, there's a lot more to our offering simply than just the investments, um, which is an important component, but it's only a component of many things that are important in people's financial lives. And so particularly with folks, as they enter retirement, um, there's a set of uh, opportunities, I would say, out there that uh, if done correctly, planned for correctly, can add an enormous amount of value uh, to a client's financial life over their entire retirement period. And uh, it could really mean they have a, a much much better, much more comfortable retirement than they probably thought possible with a couple of these uh, unique planning ideas. Um, in particular, for those who are married, there's a lot of opportunities. I mean, this, this particular uh, approach or presentation is good for all investors, I think, but particularly for folks who are married. There are, um, because of uh, the special rules surrounding the switching strategies around Social Security and also... also it just sounds like a more fun there just a second ago. <laughs> Although, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, with spousal Roth right. conversions, which we'll talk about as well, um, there's a lot more planning opportunities for those who those couples who are married. So if you're single and you're getting close to retirement, maybe you should be checking out some of the dating websites. So. <laughs> maybe that's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> there can be some financial advantages. Some advantages. Is what you're saying. Okay. Well, that's funny. Keep that in mind. Yeah, definitely. That's funny. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, so, uh, why do you start with Social Security in this process? That's the first secret, right? That's right. That generally is the, I think, uh, provides a pretty good baseline for making other decisions that are sort of pivotal within the retirement plan itself. Um, once you've optimized Social Security, in other words, how am I going to get the most amount of money out of Social Security over my lifetime or the lifetime of myself and my spouse? From there, you can that dovetails nicely with the other sort of strategic tax planning decisions you have, especially early in retirement. Uh, in other words, you want to maximize that particular benefit, okay. and then you can layer other decisions on top of that. That's why I start with Social Security generally in this in this case. It's interesting the so idea of Social Security being in effect an annuity or a pension. Yeah, and I think a lot of people just think, well, it's Social Security, but. I know you, I've watched your presentation. You have a little bit of an interesting view about that. That it has. What are some of the unique features of Social Security, for example, that that make it such a, a good? Uh, even people who've accumulated a million dollars going into retirement, right? Um, it, it can still be a val- valuable benefit, even if it seems like well, it's it's not that much money each month, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, it depends on each each person's situation as to how important this particular aspect of retirement is for them specifically. Uh, but certainly no one wants to leave free money on the table, right? Uh, you'd always want to maximize this regardless of your economic situation if you qualify for benefits. And the reason is because it has a, a few unique characteristics. And one of those is that it, it adjusts for inflation annually. So your paycheck will go up with inflation for as long as you live and then potentially as long as your spouse lives too if you happen to um, predecease that person. Um, it also has tax advantages. So at a, at a maximum level, uh, 85% of the benefits would be taxable and 15% would be tax-free. There aren't okay. a lot of things like that. 
Yeah. Right? So therefore, again, you want to maximize that benefit. Um, it's also going to be received for life. And it also <laughs> is backed by a government guarantee, which makes it, in my mind, as good as treasuries in terms of a, a, a safety level of investment. So it's got it, – you, you've got something to protect you from outliving at least one portion of your income. That's right. Because it lasts – over your life expectancy, your entire life. Yep. And uh, the fact that it has an inflation rider in it um, actually makes it a very pretty powerful tool. It's a very powerful tool. So the way you affect your decisions about that, I think you're, you've commented on, well, it goes beyond just figuring out what approach gets me today the highest monthly payment. There, there's more to it than that. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's why you're saying, hey... Before you make that decision, talk to a, somebody like yourself or yeah. talk to someone who understands uh, not just Social Security because that's one part. You need to understand those choices. I think you've mentioned there's over 80 different combinations for a married couple yeah. of how they, could, how they could decide to take their Social Security. But you need to get advice from someone who also understands what your other objectives are. So it's not just understanding the rules of Social Security, but it's what are we trying to do with the money that you have outside of that, right? And your family's health history, for example, yeah. and a, a lot of other factors that can go into making that decision. And in your example that you use through your presentation, I think the difference for the sample couple that you used and just how they decided to make their Social Security decision added up to over what a hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, that's exactly right. Was it a hundred? Actually, more. It was two hundred eight thousand okay. dollars. So two hundred eight thousand dollars just in the difference of choice and how they handled their Social Security decision. Right. And what life expectancy, by the way, are you using in that? Yeah, that's, and that's a good question. Um, when you think of, of trying to estimate. When should you take benefits? It's primarily based on your own life expectancy. Like you would say, okay. oh, well, my, I, I'm maybe I'm male, I'm age 62. You know, I, I expect to live till till I'm, I'm 82. So that'd be the time period in which we're talking about. But if you're married, that isn't exactly right. What you should be figuring out is what's the life expectancy of the joint, the both of you combined, right. not individually, but combined. And indeed, that adds another, in this case, about seven years to the the average payout of uh, of Social Security. So if you're both mar- if you're married, age, both age 62. If you're male, you can expect to live to 82. Your, your your wife can expect to live to 85. But the odds that one of you live to 89 is very high. It's actually 50. percent So that's the life expectancy for the for the couple. And so that means that Social Security will be paid over that many more years. And is that what you're using then to yes. get to that same? So if someone actually lived to be 100, it would be even more. It would be even more. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to clarify that because it's. Not just a function of going, hey, my life expectancy is 80, right? for example, and my wife's is 82, so our combined is 81. It's actually longer than both of them. That's exactly right. Which is just the interesting dynamic of actuarial. Yes. Um, and it's often uh, overlooked, often overlooked. Right. Um, never mind that the break-even point, actually, for most of these strategies is uh, in the late, mid, late to mid-70s. So if you made it to 82, 85, it's still a good, a good idea to, to do these types of strategies we're talking about, or that we'll get into more detail here in just a minute. Uh, but particularly when you combine the joint life expectancy. Okay. Yeah. Do we? So is that that's part one. That's sort of um, that's part one of the Social Security discussion. Okay. So making sure you have uh, the right estimates for life expectancy. Um, the other element of this is something that I think is pretty unique, and I don't know that a lot of people know about. Um, and it particularly applies to folks who are married again, uh, which is the, the switching strategies that are out there, either file and suspend strategies or restricted applications. 
um, when I give her give these presentations, and we've given several uh, over the last year, probably met, uh, I don't know, maybe 7,500 people, something like that, over that period of time. And I always ask the question, hey, who has heard of these strategies? And I think to date, I've had five people in total raise their hand. Mm-hmm. And these are not these are people that are entering retirement or, or retirement age, um, so they, they ought to know about these sorts of things. But yet, they don't. Right. And so it's, that's why it's so important to talk about. Okay. Um, so specifically, the the file and suspend strategy is something you would normally use if you have uh, you're married and one of one of you has an earnings record, um, and you would typically use the restricted application when when both spouses have their own separate earnings record, and. Uh, you know, I should say this too. We have the full this full presentation on our website, and this particular element of it is, is a little bit complex. Okay. Um, no, we don't have to delve all the way into it. I think I just I think I'll just do that. Mention that what they are, and so you know, if you're married and you both have uh, uh, earnings records, you want to use the restricted application. So look into the, doing that, or if you want to go to our website, we have a full version of this presentation on there, which you can view. It takes only about 20 minutes, and you can. Look through our examples uh, with regards to the switching strategies available for Social Security. Okay. Um, our website is uh, empiricalfs.com. And uh, if you go there, you may also, or if you do the Google search for us right now, you'd also notice that uh, um, our our sister company in Portland will also pop up under the Google search. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll notice if you click either, either office, you'll see a banner no- noting that we're actually merging as well. Um, so fairly soon we'll be all one company. And I pointed out just to be uh, to prevent make it a little confusion. less confusing yeah, exactly. when you're going to the site. So right. just in a couple months, you'll just have one empirical. Right. Um, one last thing. So in my example, I used uh, John and Jane Sample. Um, these, are, these are actual world clients who came to me a couple about a year and a half ago. And they both qualify for Social Security under their own earnings record. And they had already decided, hey, at 62, they were currently 60, at 62, we're just each going to go ahead and file for our own benefits. Which is not an unreasonable thing to do. But after going through the... Uh, I think we're going to have to take a break here, Ethan. All right. Uh, I don't know if that's our outro music. Is that our cue? So... I like uh, it. I think we'll potentially take a break here. Uh, in the meantime, while we're fading out, if you want to give us a call during the show, ask any questions about any retirement secrets... You can call us uh, live on the show at 1-866-472-5790. That's 866 472 You can call Ethan or I during the week uh, at 1-800-923-4307. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. There's four more retirement seats. That's right. Four more. <laughs> business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm my name is simon Liu, portfolio manager with empirical wealth management inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307 that's 1-800-923-4307 or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. 
Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at empiricalfs.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith, sitting with Ethan Broga, and we are talking about five secrets to retirement. And we just covered secret number one, which is really understanding how to maximize and approach the Social Security decision. Right. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll just quickly summarize that aspect yep. of it. Um, again, I right before the break, we we're just talking about uh, an actual couple that I met with about a year and a half ago, uh, who had both qualified independently for Social Security. And um, they're 60 years old, so in a couple of years they were going to go ahead and take it as early as possible just to start receiving their benefits. And with that strategy, they could ex- have expected to, to receive in total anyway during retirement a total of $972,000 of payments over their entire lifetime. But using one of these other strategies, in this case we use the restricted application strategy, um, again, which is detailed on our, our website at empiricalfs.com under retirement planning. There's a video on this particular topic. Um, we can increase the benefits by $208,000 so that their total payments expected during retirement is almost $1.2 million. Mm. Just simply by figuring out what's the optimal strategy in their specific situation to take Social Security. Right. So a lot of money at stake in getting this right. I just want to summarize with that yeah, particular that's example. Great. Um, if someone's already started to take Social Security, uh-huh. say it's a couple and one of the the... Um, spouses has decided to take it. Is there any planning that needs to be done at this point? Can you still around how the other spouse is going to take it? Yeah, sure. Or okay, if one spouse has already decided to take it, it really depends on when they have whether or not they've reached full retirement age. Uh, well, that will tell us whether or not there's other decisions to be made or not. If you take it before full retirement age, you generally are kind of locked into that. Okay. Um, you'll receive that level of benefits for as long as you're alive, as long as you take benefits. Okay. Um, unless you've taken it within the last year, then you actually have a sort of a grace period. You can pay it all back if you want to and then, and then postpone or do something different with it. You basically can start over if you've taken it within the last year if you wanted to. Okay. Okay. Um, and Otherwise, even, then it's just a function of the uh, 
say the other spouse, the second spouse was younger and hasn't taken it. Right. That would be the only choice um, left at okay. that point. So then it's a decision around when he or she would decide to take it. Right. And the planning, some of the planning is eliminated, but then there's still, in the context of your financial plan, a decision to be made on when should you take it and how right. you, how you Approach that decision. Okay. And, and if you've reached forward retirement age, you've already taken it, but then you, re, you decide later that, hey, you know, I, I really should have postponed this. But you can stop payments any time after you've reached forward retirement age and then, again, start to build up these delayed retirement credits till 70 if that turns out to be the best thing to do. Okay. So you have some flexibility once, you're, once you are past uh, full retirement age. Okay. Yeah. So that's the secret number one there is maximizing Social Security. What's secret number two, Ethan? Don't keep me in suspense. <laughs> All right, you got it. Okay. Uh, this is Roth conversions, which I think by the name probably doesn't sound that all that exciting, but I really think this is probably the most underutilized and probably best tax strategy for those entering retirement available, period. Wow. I, I don't know of anything else that parallels, in my view, this type of uh, uh, impact in terms of tax savings over their lifetime with this particular strategy. I don't okay. know of anything else that's nearly as powerful as this. Okay. Um, you know, and just to let our listeners know, um, the Roth conversion analysis, or what we'll call, talk about next, which is asset location, is really just right. one part of an entire um, tax-sensitive strategy that we implement for all of our clients that we work with, starting with our investment strategy and then into the, the planning strategies, which include other things like doing tax return reviews uh, and also preparing tax returns for some, some folks as well. So we're very, very tax-sensitive, and this is just one of those elements. Um, but a Roth conversion, uh, just for those who, who don't know, um, a Roth conversion involves taking money from an IRA account, you know, tax-deferred IRA, and moving a portion of that or all that account into what's called a Roth IRA. Um, the, the advantages of doing that is that, well, all the growth in the Roth IRA would be, in the future, would be tax-free. So any growth that occurs in the IRA, traditional IRA, all that is still tax-deferred. So when you take it out, it's still taxed. Um, and then the other benefit is that there's no required minimum distributions at age 70 and a half for Roth IRAs. So if you're, let's say you're 60 years old and maybe you've uh, amassed a million dollars in your traditional IRA, um, you can systematically between ages of 60 and 69, let's say, uh, move certain amounts of money from your IRA to your Roth IRA. You'll pay ordinary income, ordinary income tax on that money, but it likely will be a lower tax rate than what you would expect to pay in the future once you account for future required minimum distributions and then also Social Security, especially if you're married. Okay. So that's kind of the idea. The, the gist of this is, hey, if I can pay less tax now, or pay a lower rate rather, now relative to later, then it might make sense to do a Roth conversion. And I, I would venture to, to guess that the vast majority of people who are simply just now retiring are probably, in the, in the, for the first times in their life, in a pretty low tax bracket. That's the time you want to realize income for this type of strategy. Oh, okay. Because you're in a low bracket relative to what you probably will be in the, in the future. Um, which, by the way, in my example, and again, the, the video is on our website at empiricalfs.com under retirement planning. Um, I'm not guessing what future tax rates might be. I'm simply using what the rates are in cur- currently in 2012 for my examples in this, this presentation. So it isn't, it isn't hinging on our ability to predict future rates. It simply is taking advantage of the discrepancy between tax rates today versus what they're likely to be for you in the future, even if we just use today's tax schedules. Okay. That's the main thing. So when it comes to Roth conversion decisions, uh, I was in a one of the seminars that we do, this presentation, and uh, one of the attendees had said, hey, I, I think that guy's name is, uh, well, 
he's, uh, I guess, a self-proclaimed Roth conversion expert, and he was saying, hey, the, he's on PBS or one of the channels, and he was basically saying, hey, a person should just convert everything uh, as, as quickly as they can. Just convert all your assets, get it out of an IRA. Um, what, what's your thought process of, is that, is it an automatic or is there some planning that needs to go on and, yeah. um, does I, it ever lead to converting everything? I wish it was as easy as, as just saying, having a blanket recommendation, hey, everybody should just convert. Mm-hmm. So if you have $5 million in your IRA account, you should just convert today. Uh, yeah, that would be nice, but I don't think that's the case. Um, it isn't that simple. Um, if you converted a large IRA account all one year, you would be obviously in the very highest tax bracket. Right? You'd all of a sudden be paying uh, the highest marginal tax rates on those monies, uh, which currently is 35%, but is scheduled to go up to even more next year. Um, so I don't think that's the, uh, the correct way to look at it. I think what you'd want to do is, is pay as little tax, being the lowest tax bracket as possible throughout your lifetime relative to just any one year. So what, what our strategy is this, basically. We'll look at it in, in every any given year and convert assets um, relative to where your current, current tax brackets are. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're in the, the 15% tax bracket, which for newly retired people, that probably is not too far, so far-fetched. You know, you don't have actual income from many of the sources. You haven't uh, taken Social Security yet. You're not forced to take money out of your IRA. So likely you're in a relatively low tax bracket, income-wise. Um, if you can pay 15% tax now versus 35% later, that's a good thing to do. So I don't see the benefit of just going to be paying 35% now. Okay. You want to take it out in bits and pieces if you can to, to sort of maximize the, the lowest bracket as long as possible. That's how I'd look at that. Okay. Well, I think our advice then would be or you're outlining general concepts of the, the Within these concepts, there's an opportunity to make decisions that will have significant impact on your financial outcome. Right. The choices you make will have. However, there are, it's not as easy as just making blanket, you know, kind of one-size-fit-all recommendations. So the idea of Roth conversion can be incredibly powerful, but how you approach it needs to be individual individualized based on your exact set of circumstances. That's right. Not a rule of thumb. Just automatically convert everything at once. There's, there could be more danger and actual detriment to following that type of advice than to getting an idea of, hey, I have an awareness of what this is now. I am getting a basic. I need to have somebody who actually understands it that's not just trying to put a gimmick out there, I guess, to right. say. Um, and I, we're, we're cautious of that, even with what we're doing here. We're not saying that what we talk about, someone should just do and apply universally. There has to be some thorough analysis that goes on, and year to year, actually, in That's a lot right. of cases. That's exactly right. On how to make that decision, if you really want to optimize or maximize it. Yep. Okay. Yep. I think we're going to have to take a break in a few minutes, but can we can we start on the next uh, secret? Actually, if you don't mind, I have. One little example. I want to give someone an example of the power of this particular concept. Okay, I would love to. I think we have just to see that. Two minutes left here. Okay. Um, so, what can a, a person who who's retiring, maybe is sixty years old, has a million dollars in an IRA, and um, what what can they expect to pay in taxes over their lifetime? And again, I built a, a, a very in depth analysis of, of this sample 
using some sample clients uh, who I refer to as John and Jane sample, <laughs> cleverly enough. <laughs> but they're age 60. They have a million dollars in an IRA account. And they also have a half a million dollars in a taxable account. Okay. They've just retired. Um, if they do nothing, what we can expect to happen in terms of taxes is this. Um, by, by age 70, uh, their IRA will grow at, let's say, a 5% growth rate to $1.7 million. And between ages 16 and 70, they're relying on their pension income and withdrawing money from their taxable account for living expenses. So they don't need any money from their IRA between those years. Okay. Um, by age 70, though, they'd have 1.7. But beyond that, between 70 and age 90, um, their IRA balance will be, at age 90, $1.4 million. And you notice that it's less by age 90 versus what it is at age 70. The reason for that is, is something called required minimum distributions. You have to take money out of your tax-deferred IRA accounts okay. at age 70. Um, and when you factor in their Social Security benefits and also their pension benefits, they can expect to pay uh, over three-quarters of a million dollars in total taxes between ages 60 and 90. Okay. It's a lot of money. So let's say we did some strategic Roth conversions early in retirement between the ages of 60 and 90. And each year during that, that span of years, we convert a certain amount and pay no more than 15% tax in any one year. Collectively, we'd be able to convert $436,000 over that entire period. And then by age 70, because of the 5% growth rate, the Roth IRA would have $606,000 in it by that time, and their traditional IRA would only have $1.1 million in it at that time. And then fast forward to age 90 again, they would have about $900,000 left in their IRA. But guess what? The Roth IRA would have almost $1.7 million in it. And that would be tax-free. Yeah. If they took out, decided to take the money, all the money out the next year, they'd have, be able to take out the money and pay no tax. So they get the full benefit. If you decided at age 90 to take out all your money out of your IRA, in this case, the $90,000, um, obviously that would be money that would be before tax. After tax, it would be a lot less. But in this case, the potential for savings is significant in terms of the total tax savings. Just by converting assets early in retirement, in this case study that I presented Again, the, the full videos on our, our website, empiricalfs.com. I expect these folks to save $134,000 in taxes over the entire period. That's pretty good. Pretty conservative assumptions as well. Yeah, okay. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got a couple more segments to get through three more secrets. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment, and that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. 
Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, welcome back. We are talking about... Ethan Broga's Retirement Advantage Program, Five Secrets to Retirement. We've talked about Social Security as number one, Roth conversions yep. as number two. What's number three, Ethan? Let's get right into it. <laughs> There's more. Because we only have a couple uh, segments left here. I want to make sure we, yeah, we should. get through this, so let's keep trucking. Yes. The, uh, the next secret. The is- more the market goes down, by the way, the more valuable this stuff is. That's true. Right? This is the one thing you can Some of these things are the one things you can control. Yeah. Go ahead. It's always a good idea to minimize taxes under under every environment. No question about that, right? Yeah. It is always a good idea to maximize your benefits from Social Security. Those are absolute truths, regardless of the environment. But even more important if things aren't going well with stocks and bonds. Okay. Yeah. So the step step three or secret three is uh, something called asset placement or asset location, um, which really is a pretty simple concept, but really dovetails nicely. I love saying that word, by the way. It's very nice. It dovetails nicely, uh, or piggybacks what we <laughs> talked about uh, with the uh, the Roth conversion analysis. So as you know, uh, there, there are different types of accounts. There's your typical IRA, which is a tax-deferred account. There's your Now you're, we've talked about Roths, so that's the, uh, the tax-free account, right? Right. And then you have your joint or, or individual account. Those are after-tax accounts. Okay. And they're all taxed differently. But if you had a choice, where would you want most of your growth to occur? In which type of account? Would it be tax-deferred, after-tax, or, or your tax-free account? So you had a, say you had a $10,000 investment that's going to a million dollars. Yep. Where do you want that to occur? Boy, Is that the question you're That's asking? the question I'm asking. From going from $10,000 to a million dollars, if Ethan does his job. Right. Where do I want that growth to occur? And I would say in the, my Roth account, if possible. Now, we didn't talk before the show about this question. so you're, No, this is not prescripted. That's right. No, but obviously, you can tell. you're very correct. It would be much better if it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll practice that in the future. Uh, but clearly, you'd want if you're, the most growth possible in your tax-free account, right? Right. Because that way, guess what? Taxes will now be Now you're zero. pulling that million dollars out completely tax-free. Yeah, that's a really good deal, right? 10000 to a million in a taxable account. We've got, we've got a capital gain. Yep. The enormous capital gain. Yep. If it's in your in your pre-tax IRA, yep, tax deferred, it's coming out taxable income, one hundred percent. Yep, yeah, that capital gain you just had it because you maybe you bought Apple stock or something like that recently. Mm-hmm. That capital gain, guess what? It'll be ordinary income to you, which is not not favorable usually. Hmm. So and if you took that million out of your pre-tax IRA, it's going to run you right through the 
the marginal brackets to the highest it's exactly correct. bracket possible yep. if you did it all in one. It's exactly right. Exactly. So the idea with the asset placement simply is this. As you convert assets from your traditional tax-deferred IRA and put them into the Roth IRA, you purposely choose to purchase assets that have the highest growth potential in your Roth. Okay. So usually that would be stocks of some kind, relative to bonds, let's say. Um, I'm not suggesting that you, if you, all of your money ends up being in a Roth IRA, that you're 100% stocks all of a sudden. Right. I'm not suggesting that. You should always stick with your chosen allocation. You know, if you're half stocks, half bonds, you should be 50-50 overall. But if you can, place the high-growth assets in your Roth IRA at the sacrifice of putting them in your traditional IRA. That's the main gist of this. Layering that that idea, that concept over our secret number two, which is Roth conversions, um, and just simply getting a 5% growth rate over time in the example I use, again, is John and Jane Sample in their, their, their life, they can expect to have an additional $100,000 of tax savings simply by doing this. Mm-hmm. Systematic converting assets between ages 60 and 69, but also using asset placement. So in total, the, the, the total tax savings from those two strategies is significant. Uh, we're talking over over $340,000 combined between the asset placement and also the Roth conversions in a very typical situation. A lot of people have that situation. Yeah, and you, you can go to the website to see the presentation to get to some of those numbers, um, right, what the example is. And if I recall correctly, you're not using an aggressive return for the stock portion of this example. No. I think you... Correct me if I'm wrong. You're using something like seven and a half percent. That's exactly right. Which to some people might seem aggressive, given what's going on in the market or the attitudes. Let's just say that of the market. I I personally don't, but yeah. I I think that if you think about it, you could take that asset location approach even a step further. And one way you can do that is the way that we're designing portfolios are really different ways of aligning. Uh, where returns are coming from the stock market over the long term. You have to have patience and discipline for any of this to work, right? It's not going to work every single year. There'll be years you put you buy stock in your Roth, and then the market goes down. Yep. Was it a mistake to do that? Because geez, I, I didn't. I put my bonds in my regular tax, uh, my other IRA account or taxable account, for example, and uh, they didn't go down. So now, where's this high growth? You know. Pay me well. It's over the course of a long period of time, and if you're putting in uh, not just stocks, but then saying, "Hey, where are the stocks that are most likely to generate the highest returns over, say, a twenty or thirty or forty year period?" Yes, it might lead you to even wait within that Roth towards a portfolio of stocks that are heavily weighted towards small companies or value type companies, low priced companies we call them, or emerging market type companies mm-hmm. um, where the, pre, the return premiums over just the general stock market have been pretty significant. Right. Um, you know, actually, a small value, for example, over a four percent return premium over just the general U.S. large market over the last eighty or so years. Mm-hmm. Compound that over a thirty or forty year period, it, it it enhances that difference significantly. So, I just wanted to bring that out that the example you've used, you've remained relatively conservative in your in your estimates of what potentially could happen yeah, if you so. took that down even more, you know, in terms of you took it to uh, a greater degree. Yeah, so, again, the, the total return I've used yeah. for these is just 5%. And because right. we're doing a half right. stock, half bond portfolio, I've simply assigned a, 
a 7.5 rate on the on the stocks and a 2.5 rate on the bonds. Overall. So if it works at that level, if we do happen to have the next 30 years being a reasonable market, yes, and then further you took some proactive uh, uh, decision, some conscious decision making to say, hey, I'm going to even weight my more aggressive equity components into my Roth. If that pays off, it, it works even better. Exactly. Okay. But let's say, for example, um, in a short period of time, it doesn't work out. Okay. So let's say, um, uh, in, maybe, maybe use me as an example. If I have money in my IRA account this year, and let's say it was appropriate for me to convert some assets. Maybe I converted $10,000. And I did it maybe the 1st of, of November. Mm-hmm. And between now and then, market's down. Maybe the market goes down even more. And pretty soon, my $10,000 investment that I converted is not only worth, say, $7,000. Right. Well, I may not want to leave that $7,000 investment in my Roth IRA because I'll be, I'll be paying tax on $10,000, even though it's only worth seven. Right. I can do, though, what's called a recharacterization. I can move the money back into the IRA from where it came from and not pay any tax on anything. But that's one, one caveat. So that's something extra you could do, regardless of the situation. But if you're married, guess what else you could do? If your spouse hasn't... You could decide to have her convert, right? Exactly, then. at the same time. And then back years out. So basically... You can, so you're not missing that opportunity in exactly. that year. That's good stuff. That's gold, I think, right that there. That is gold. You're a genius. So therefore, because if, if your spouse hasn't done a conversion yet, they're eligible. Right. And once you do one, you cannot do one again in that same calendar year. But you don't want to miss the opportunity to convert collectively in any one year if it's appropriate for you. For our listeners' benefit, is there any age restriction on a conversion? There's not. So you could be 90 and do be converting? Yes. Okay. The only thing is, if you're, taking, if you're required minimum distribution age, the conversions have to be on top of whatever that required minimum is. Okay. So if you're required, you can't use that as your required minimum. Bingo. Yeah. So you'll be dealing with the income that's coming out on that and then planning around additional income from the conversion. That's correct. Okay. So just curious on that. Yeah. That's how that works. What else we got? Well, in summary, that's sort of the... Uh, uh, the, the end of the asset placement discussion. Layering that in on top of the Roth conversions collectively is an extremely powerful tool that magnifies the results of the conversions over time. Okay. Secret three, asset placement. What's secret four? Now, this is something I know, Ken, that you like to talk about too. And secret four is what we call targeted premiums. So this has to do with investing. Okay. And again, this is really the, for the most, most folks that we work with, this is the reason that they at first came to us. Um, which is our our, uh, our expertise on the investments. But targeted premiums, simply put, are portfolios that are, are designed to target parts of the stock market that provide higher returns. Now, that doesn't sound very complex. And indeed, uh, the, the, the simple truth is it isn't all that complex in terms of some of the examples we'll go through here. Um, but this stuff we're going to go through here is really the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of complexity when it comes to investments and selecting the right investments for you. But we use these simple concepts to communicate some of the message about how we select what to own for our clients' portfolios. So as an example, I'll pause there. Do you have a question on that? No. I'll let you complete your thoughts. (laughs) All right. So the first thing, uh, when we're talking about targeted premiums, if we took the S&P 500 versus the Russell 2000 index uh, from 1927 through 2011, um, the S&P index has returned 9.75% per year on average, and the Russell 2000, has returned 11.47% over that same period. So clearly there's a, what we call a return premium for investing in small company stocks, as represented by the Russell 2000. So in essence, small companies outperform large companies over time. That's a, a fundamental truth of investing. 
Okay. So my, my message there is, hey, if you, if you know that, you're, you're, you're going to be inclined to want to include small companies in your portfolio. That's the idea. Over, over just the S&P 500. Um, similarly, if you look at, just, let's, let's just look at the Russell 2000 again for the long term, from 1927 through 2011. And you, you slice up the Russell 2000 into its two parts. The value, the low-priced value stocks or the high-priced growth stocks. And you separate the two. The small price, the low-priced value stocks have performed at a rate of 14.71% per year from 1927 through 2011, where the growth stocks, the, the high-priced growth stocks, have performed at a rate of 8.68% over that same period. So clearly, you'd, wanna, you'd want to own specifically the small-cap value stocks in your portfolio. Well, you would if you were looking to enhance the return. That's correct. And I, I think most investors would say, hey, that's what I am trying to do. Okay. Right. Hey, I like extra return. That sounds pretty good. How do I get some? And indeed, one of the ways you can is by focusing on these types of asset classes. Now, what you're describing is one simple example of how markets work and how we can use knowledge of how markets work to construct smarter portfolios. Portfolios that will beat 90% of other traditional strategies um, and I say that without a degree of caution. Uh, the, the reason, you know, we're not talking about beating the market in terms of some random index, for example, but we're not approaching these investments in a way that says, hey, we'll do that at any cost. Um, we're doing it in a way we're saying, hey, if, if this is, if we've discovered a particular area of the market that we can expect a return premium, and so our definition of that return premium is, a premium over just a general market portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. Right. How do we get that in the most effective way? We're going to have to take a break, but when we come back, we'll finish this targeted premium discussion. Perfect. Uh, and finish our last secret. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, welcome back to the last segment of Empirical Investing Radio. We are with sitting with Ethan Broga, financial planner, retirement expert, talking about his retirement advantage program, Five Secrets to Retirement. And uh, Ethan, going into the break, we were talking about targeted premiums as secret number four. And uh, you were giving a simple example that understanding in your reti- going into retirement, when you're organizing your investments, understanding how to maximize your return opportunity is a part of making your wealth go further. Absolutely. So the investment part, while it's probably in the short term one of the less controllable in terms of day-to-day, month-to-month return, yeah. right? Over the long run, though, you can structure your portfolio in a way that gives you an edge. And what I was... What what my proposition is, you can you can build a portfolio, um, working with someone like us, for example, that will do better than ninety percent of the market participants out there, eighty to ninety percent. Yep. And the reason is because, and it takes more time. We could do a whole presentation on this. That's for sure. But one approach would be, I just hold a couple of index funds, right? I hold a total stock market, world stock market index fund, and a total bond market, and I kind of figure out what my combination of those two. And if you did that, you would do better than the vast majority of investors in the marketplace. And my analogy on that, or my explanation of that, is because a lot, 80% of the market is is engaging in activities where they're trying to beat the market. They're trying, and the market is themselves. So if there are professional money managers, hedge fund managers, individuals out there, we're all investing in the stock market. Collectively, then we all get the stock market return. Mm-hmm. There's no way around that math. Right. It's as indisputable as one plus one equals two, right? So we cannot all beat the market, right? But what we can all do as a group is get the market's return minus the expenses that we incur to get that return. So it's very possible to own every stock in the market and trade our way out of trade every single day in a way where we get the total stock market return minus two percent, for example, because we co- we cost ourselves two percent trading in and out of the same stocks every day. Does that make sense to you? Now, when you're talking about trading, you're talking about not the the commissions, but the buy and buy bid and ask spread. It right? can be all cost. Okay. So commissions you pay, those are going down. Yeah. But it, commissions don't represent the entire cost of trading in and out of stocks. True. Um, there are other costs. So if you're hiring a manager who's out there doing this, you have the commissions that they pay, the bid, the differences in the price between the bid as. You have what's called a market impact cost. Mm-hmm. Um, the effect of them moving large quantities of money in and out of the stocks they're buying can can cost um, by moving that stock in a in a in a bad direction. Right. Um, then you have their their management fees, and the more aggressive they are about trying to attempt to beat the market, typically the higher their fees are to do that. Right. When you add all those up, 
Um, again, understanding the math that we can't all beat the market, but we could certainly all underperform the market because we could all incur a bunch of costs by trading to each other. Mm-hmm. If there were only two stocks in the market, right, stock one and stock two, and you and I were the only two in the market, and you're holding stock one and I'm holding stock two, and there was somebody in between us that said, hey, I'll let you guys exchange those stocks every day. At the end of the year, stock one and stock two did what they were going to do. And both of us right, would have got the return. But if we had to pay $20 every time I gave you my stock and you gave me yours, what would our return be at the end of the year? Well, it would be lower no question. Than, than the gross return of those two stocks, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so learning how to outsmart the market, you can beat Again, eighty to ninety percent of the other market players, and why I get where do you you ask where do I get that number from? The reason why I'm saying eighty to ninety percent is because that's the amount of money that's out there doing this game. The game I just described to you, where we're handing each other the stock back and forth, that's about that's about eighty percent or slightly more. It depends from year to year. It changes, you know, what's going into right. the strategies of how the market is investing. They're playing that game. Mm-hmm. If you Understand that game, you can outsmart that game and get out of it and look for other ways. And one of those ways that you described is simply by understanding the structure of where returns are coming from. Right. Right. Smaller companies or other areas of the market that generate, it's a better approach to say, Hey, I'm not going to play this game. I'm going to be in the, in the 10 or 20% of the people that, that the empirical guys are, are working in mm-hmm. are beating all these other market participants because they're not playing that the loser's game. Right. Uh, as Chuck Ellis likes to say, Charles Ellis, don't winning the loser's game in that approach. And so simply creating a portfolio that's structurally built to beat, to give you generate higher returns in your, you, you show, I think in your presentation, I'll hand this back over to you. That's fine. How doing that adds, you know what, a percent or two to a very conservative portfolio? Yeah, in summary, in terms of the performance, using these ideas of the targeted premiums in, in a portfolio relative to a simple index portfolio that Ken talked about, for the 10 years ending December 2011, would have added uh, 1.8% per year of extra return over the entire period of time, net of a 1% management fee. So that's on top of 1% management fee. That would have created wealth another $323,000 over that 10-year period of time during a very, very difficult market environment. Most people would agree that's the case. So these strategies really do work, and they really do add returns over time. Um, so obviously, I think it's one of those little-known secrets that's worth sharing. Okay, so that's secret four. We've got one more, and we've got about maybe a minute or two. Okay. Well, no problem. The last secret really is, uh, is really combining these, seeing these things into a coordinated retirement plan. Any one of these... Things we talked about today would be helpful. You know, they probably would add some return uh, in, a, in a client or a retiree's lifetime. But using them together in a coordinated manner is where the maximum amount of value is. You're leaving no stone unturned when it comes to maximizing your wealth. And that's what this strategy, this combination of strategies, is designed to do. Um, in particular, if you're going through retirement, you're starting retirement, uh, you're a soon-to-be retiree, you really have to ask yourself these questions. And some of those things are we've already talked about, but how are you going to optimize Social Security benefits? You have to have an answer to that question. Not, not just, oh, I'm going to do this or that, but have a specific plan to do it. That's the important thing. Getting in writing as well. How do you plan to minimize taxes throughout retirement? Have you thought about that before? What's your plan 
absent in doing something like I'm, ta- I'm suggesting here in this this uh, this presentation. Mm-hmm. More importantly, who's going to do it for you? Do you have the time and interest to take care of those sorts of things? Maybe, maybe not. Be honest with yourself about that. In your own retirement plan so far, have you accounted for the effects of inflation? How, how do you plan to deal with that? And these are things you have right. to answer yourself, You need right? to know that. You need to know. And, and have it be specifically addressed in a retirement plan, not just something that's kind of ambiguously, well, it's out there. I'm not really sure how I'm going to deal with it, but it'll work out. Maybe it won't work out. How do you know? Another thing would be how much risk are you taking? How much investment risk are you taking currently with your, your portfolio? And maybe more importantly, do you, do you know how much risk you need to take in order to have the retirement that you need? Right. Who knows that? It's hard to quantify that as an individual investor. You have to have tools that can account for these types of things so you know with precision what that, what that is. And then, of course, what's the rate of return that you need in order to retire the way you want? Do you know what the hurdle rate is for you? Entering your retirement, don't, wouldn't you like to know, hey, I need to get X percent per year. That's the number I need to get. Anything better than that? Hey, I'm, it's gravy. Right, right. And then structure a portfolio that correspondingly can get you there. That's the beauty of it. With knowledge is power. And that will thank you very much. Well with that, Ethan, I hear the music right. playing. I think our show's over. Thank you for sharing your five secrets to a successful retirement. Please visit our website and download the full complete presentation or sign up for one of our in person seminars to go over this. That's right. Um, or give us a call throughout the week, one eight hundred nine two three four three zero seven. This is Ethan and Ken signing off. Thanks for tuning in to Empirical Investing Radio. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week. 